Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Right, holiday greetings, everyone, and welcome back to Gather by the Ghostlight, original stories for radio theater. I'm Jonathan Cook, your host, producer, and sometimes voice actor on this thing, and I have some really cool news for you guys. If you are in the New York City area, you can now pick up both copies of the Gather by the Ghostlight books at the world-famous Drama Bookshop. That's the year one book and the year two book, both now available right there on the shelves of the Drama Bookshop on 39th Street in Midtown Manhattan. This is absolutely thrilling for me because the the Drama Bookshop has been an important part of the New York theater scene and and theatrical works for many years. and, And now they're carrying the companion books for this podcast, and that just blows my mind. So go treat yourself to a Merry Christmas and visit the Drama Bookshop and and just go pick yourself up something nice and and pretend it's from me because I'm in a giving mood today. Which reminds me, today is the final installment of the annual third time ever festive Christmas holiday special extravaganza. If you remember last December, there was an audio play on this podcast called North Pole Noir. It was a Christmas-themed film noir crime story. Well, I decided to keep that trend for this year with another new Christmas noir audio play called The Shelf on the Elf, A Brick Fistula Mystery. Brick Fistula is a hard-drinking, fast-talking private eye who's been called in to help solve a murder case at the North Pole. It seems that one of Santa's best elves was killed with a shelf and is down to Brick Fistula to find out who's naughty and who's guilty. And before we get started, I do want to warn you that this episode does contain adult language and content, so please be mindful if there are kids around you. Now, gather around the ghost light, sit back and enjoy. This is The Shelf on the Elf, a brick fistula mystery, written by John Busser. And be sure to stick around after the story to hear an interview with this writer. It's you. Hey, wait, don't throw that. Ooh. My foot. Ugh. Ooh. No, 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 please. Don't do it. Oh, no, get back. Stay away. Case number 07385579. Virginia Baumgartner reporting. <coughs> Twas the day after Christmas and all through the house, a dead guy turned up. He was no bigger than a mouse. All the stockings were down, though they seemed hung with care, cause the mantle that held them was no longer there. The mantle in question lay down on the floor, where it crushed the small dead guy into yuletide gore. The folks that had lived there were not to be seen. Perhaps they were guilty and had got away clean. There was no way to know if they would do time, unless someone like my boss took a look at the crime. 
You're in it's a mess there, partner, wouldn't you say? Wanting to puke me living guts up, I am. Does me heart sick to see this kind of thing on a drinking holiday like Christmas. What do the boys in the lab think? Eh, they're waiting till Mulligan's closes before coming over. Does Julio Dynamics wake today? Poor Huli. Fell off his barstool, hit his head on a full ashtray lying on the floor, and expired. I told him the smokes was bad news. Anyways, they'll be over after a few points. Now listen to me, boyo. The commissioner ain't gonna want to wait on this one. The fucking mayor's breathing down his neck. They want results, and they want them now. I called in a little help on this one. You didn't. Oh, I did? Oh, we're in for a time now. That feller's bad luck. Hush yourself, you mealy mouth, did you? Here he comes. Hello, Pat. Mick. What do you got here? Hello, Brick. We got us a real mess, we do. Anonymous tip called it in. Yeah, looks like you need housekeeping here, not a Seamus. Yeah, we don't need the likes of you, fistula. We're real coppers. You're just a broke-down, two-bit cheap excuse for detective. What'd you ever solve? Well, I solved the mystery of why your wife left you, Mick. Your mouthwash ain't cutting it. Why, you? Let it go, Mick. I told you, we need his help on this one. Brick won't let me down, will you, partner? Ex-partner Pat, remember that. Sure, and I won't. This is a strange one. Day after Christmas, we got an empty house, no signs of first entry, a dead elf, and no witnesses. We need the old brick fistula magic on this. Sure, and I'd appreciate it. Okay, Pat. Okay. Let me take a look around, scrounge for some leads. I'll call you if I find anything. That's all I ask. I'll be going out for a drink now. Don't let me down, Brick. While Vision's a whiskey danced in his head, O'Flinahan left Brick to deal with the dead. His partner O'Calpatrick wanted Brick off the case, but my boss would soon make him do an about-face. The perps was long gone with the trail getting cold, but the trusty P.I. made a move that was bold. Instead of wasting shoe leather legging all over town, Brick thought that the schnooks would soon come back round. No sooner had he settled in for a long winter's wait that he heard a commotion outside the front gate. Brick hid in the shadows as if on a whim. With film noir-type lighting, it's easy for him. He stayed back from the body, all blood, guts, and splatter, whilst he waited for someone to see that elf was now flatter. (laughs) Oh, 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 my dear. (laughs) Whoopsie, must have forgot to lock the front door. (laughs) How's my naughty little girl doing? Want to see what I put my stocking on? Now, now, dear, you've had far too many eggnogs at the company after Christmas party, I think. And keep it down, you'll wake the help. Oh, fudge them. (laughs) Holy, I'm not thinking fudge. (laughs) You've really had a snootful, haven't you? Let me flip on the light so we don't... Ah! Chris, look! What, what the hell is this? Is that our shelf? On that elf? Did he do that himself? <laughs> Rhyming. <laughs> I think he's dead, Chris. A dead elf in our house. This is terrible. What are we going to do? I'll tell you what you're going to do. Ah! You're going to tell me everything you know about the festive little pancake under your mantle there. I don't got to tell you nothing. You're no cop fistula. You're a cheap private dick. Chris, do you know this man? Oh, he knows me, lady. Don't you, Nikki? Nikki? His name's not... Chris Kringle, a.k.a. Santa Claus, a.k.a. the big man, a.k.a. the connection, a.k.a. Saint Nicholas. 
Get all those names right, Nikki? Don't call me Nikki no more. I gave up religion. The private sector is where it's at. I don't understand. Your meal ticket there used to be big in the Vatican circles. They actually made him a saint. Turns out he was a sellout to big business. Became the spokesman for corporate America. Behind all the big pushes for selling stuff. Black Friday, Cyber Monday, BOGO Tuesday. <laughs> but the Pope cut ties with him when they couldn't figure out a way to pass selling Sundays to the masses. Nikki there would have you believe he left them, but the truth's a little different, isn't it? So what? So I make a few bucks on the side. What's it to you, fistula? Makes no never mind to me, Nikki. Just thought the wife would appreciate knowing where all of her ornaments are really coming from. Why are you here, Mr. Fistula? Should be obvious. You have an interior decorator problem, unless you think it's stylish to mix tinsel and bloodstains. Anyone want to tell me who the deceased is? I assume he works for you, Nikki. He didn't have no name. He was only a scout. They have to earn their names. What's it say on his W-2? Scouts aren't formally employed. They're paid under the table. So what about this guy then? This elf under the shelf? Was he reaching for a paycheck? Hey, look, I didn't do this. I've been out working for the last two days. She'll vouch for me. That true? Oh, yes. He was flying over rooftops delivering presents since the 24th. He fell behind because of the post office delays. I'll have to check around, see if it checks out. Wait for the autopsy. I'm sure the cause of death is he had the stuffing knocked out of him by the mantle. Any idea what he was doing here? I guess he was waiting for us to get back so he could get his bonus. But I decided to take the wifey here out for a little nog. I forgot he would be here. You got any beefs with this guy? Hell no. He was one of my best. Always on the lookout for the naughty kids. A perfect track record. So maybe someone didn't want him reporting back to you and took matters into their own hands. There's no way anyone could have got in, Detective. We've got good, solid doors and locks. Windows are wired with an alarm. Chris paid for a very expensive system. If you say so, could be someone found another way in. Maybe they didn't use the door. Just saying. I don't like what you're implying, Fistula. I can't fit down chimneys no more. Got a bad back. And yet all those kitties still get their choo-choos, don't they? A mystery for another time, I guess. Please, Mr. Fistula, my husband is innocent. Unless you can prove something, we'd like you to leave. We have an elf to bury. Sure, lady. I'll be on my way. Got a few other leads to follow up. I'll be seeing you, Nikki. And out of the house, Brick flew like a flash. To an ATM machine to get him some cash. Pockets now flush with his last 20 bucks. Brick thought about elf scouts and how they were schmucks. Scouts don't have names or numbers to trick, so they can't take a check because they can't sign the back. Betty pays out in coin, yeah, that's easy to swallow. So to find this elf's killer, it's the money I'll follow. Brick knew all the elves spend their moolah at Rick's. It's the only place in town that would serve to these pricks. If anyone there would be buying lots of drink, Brick reasoned he'd find his killer, the Fink. The first one he saw there was Chester the Snitch. Brick knew he'd need money, that cheap son of a bitch. He'd be happy to spill what he knew to my boss for some bucks to buy eggnog, his favorite sauce. Hello, Chester. Fancy seeing you awake. Frank! Hey, big guy. How you doing? Fine. Just fine. 
came to get some after Christmas cheer. What's good? Try the knock. Expiration date's not till Tuesday. Sure thing, Chester. How about I buy the first round? Wait a minute. Since when do you ever buy the first round? Can a guy be in a giving mood? The only thing you ever give me is a hard time. So what's the deal? All right, I'll come to the point. I'm looking into what looks like a hit at the Claws house. Seems one of the house elves succumbed to shelf poisoning. Took a fireplace mantle to the brain box. Ooh, somebody was naughty, weren't they? <laughs> From what I hear, this fellow was top-notch. Claus tells me he had no beef with the guy. And you believed him? What kind of sap are you, Fistula? Just an ordinary run-of-the-mill evergreen, maybe. But I felt like he was telling me the truth. Yeah, well... Word in the toy shop is things ain't all milk and cookies in Kringle Land. Know what I mean? <laughs> kind of things are you hearing? You know, I think I might be getting sleepy from all the nog. <sighs> it's hard to remember. This wake you up any? You know, I just got me one of them second wins. Yeah, what I heard is that the fat man's on notice from his better half. She told him he better stop hanging around the mistletoe. She caught him once already, and his nose ended up bigger and redder than Rudolph's. <laughs> you don't say. So he was making a little time with someone, was he? Little time is exactly right, pal. You remember Harmony? I'm Monica Jones. Yeah, that makes sense. You seen her around? Got a few questions I want to run past her. Bet you got a few other things you'd like to run past her. Huh, Brick? <laughs> <laughs> I'll be seeing you around, Chester. The case heating up. Brick taxied cross town. If his hunches were right, he'd bring the perp down. It didn't set right, this murder most foul. If Kringle had done it, he'd wipe the smile from his jowl. He was heading for her, an elf name of Jones. The only one he ever wanted to jump on her bones. Old Brick had it bad. She twisted his heart. Then she dumped him and left him and it tore him apart. So now he was back to see what was what. And if she was involved, the case was open and shut. When the taxi pulled up to where she hung her bells, his instincts kicked in and he thought, something smells. The smell he was smelling came up from above, and he knew that his theory now fit like a glove. But what to his noir-lit eyes did appear but a big effing sleigh and eight tiny reindeer. Old Santa himself jumped out of the sleigh, and he turned to the reindeer and said, Don't go away. Then he ran in to see her. His feet was on fire, his outfit all shaken from his giant spare tire. Brick tiptoed on over, ear up on the door. Then he waited and listened, and then listened some more. I'm sorry, baby. I couldn't get away. Something happened at the house. It's always something keeping you from me, Nikki. What is it this time? Your wife smells somebody else's cookies on your breath? No, it isn't that. We had a, we had a problem at the house tonight. Couldn't get your candy cane licked, maybe? Please, Harmony, I told you. We had a problem. A scout elf was murdered there tonight. <laughs> You've told me some whoppers before, Nikki, but this takes the cake. It's true, I swear. And now your old boyfriend, Fistula, is looking into it. Brick? 
He's on the case? Yeah, only I didn't do it, but he thinks I did. And now with me sneaking around, he's liable to be even more suspicious of me. And that's why... Uh, that's why what? That's why what, Nikki? And that's why I gotta cut this off. What? Baby, I told you my wife is making this hard for me. I'm between a brick and a hard place. I can't believe this. You'd better believe it, Sweet Stripes. I should have known you'd come waltzing back into my life, Fistula. You used to call me Brick. I called you a lot of things, but if I used that kind of language, I'd never get a visit from Santa. And yet, here he is. Listen, Seamus, this isn't what you think. Ah, cool your jets, Nikki. I'm beginning to think you're being set up. What does that mean? I suppose you think I murdered his house elf? A murder I just heard about? She's innocent, I swear. Oh, she may not have committed the murder, but she's hardly innocent. And you're boorish. What are you doing here then, Fistula? Mainly verifying a few things. Now that I have, I think it's time I solve this murder. So who done it? Ah, no way, princess. Can't do it here. We have to go back to the scene of the crime for that. Let me make a few phone calls and then have everyone meet back at the North Pole. Brick made all his calls and gathered his troops, and they all met at Nick's, avoiding eight reindeer poops. They all went inside, the crime scene still warm, and waiting on Brick, who had one last task to perform. He called them by name, so they all knew who's who, whilst they waited to see just what he would do. Oh, you shit. You can't be serious. Yeah, How is that even possible? All right, all right. Everyone settle down. We're going to do a little sound off. Nikki. Here. The missus. Here, Mr. Fistula. Oh, Flinahan. Moonbrick, you know I'm here. Oh, Calipatrick. Fagging waste of time this is. Chester. I'm here, big guy. And Harmony is... Hey, my eyes are down here. Ah, there you are. So, all present and accounted for. Now, I suppose you're wondering what I called you here for. Can you not get on with it? Oh, feel free to pass out, Mike. I'm sure your partner can fill you in. She's used to it. You're asking for it. Shut it, Mike. Let the man speak, for Christ's sakes. Thanks, Pat. I think the thing to do here is to tell you all how I arrived at my solution. Makes filling out your paperwork easier in the long run. Now, I think that it's common knowledge that things aren't too jolly around the North Pole these days. Seems like mom and dad here have seen happier days and one of them decided to sample some sweets from someone else's candy store. Brick! Come on. Do you have to expose this in front of everybody? That's his style, Nikki. Brick likes to expose in front of everybody. Probably why the schoolyards have that restraining order. Sorry, Nick. Should have said you were sampling a sour patch. Yeah, go lick yourself. Anyway, from what I picked up from Chester, the missus here got wind of it and gave you a good pasting on the nose. You'd think that would have ended it, but apparently, Santa likes the naughty list a little too much, and he continued to see her on the down low, which, in an elf's case, is the only way you can see them. You told me you would break it off. And I did, honey, I swear. Chester, you're no good rumball. I should have known you'd squeal to him. Oh, go guzzle some eggnog. Okay, kitties, settle down. You know, at first I thought I could get Harmony to sing like a canary, but it turns out she couldn't even hum a few bars. See, Nicky there actually did follow through on his promise to the missus. I overheard him tell her it was over, and then he told her about the murder. 
and she didn't know anything about the murderer and apparently neither did he. See, if they were in cahoots, there'd be no reason to play dumb with each other. They had no idea I was listening in, so I figured that cleared them. Then something occurred to me and I put two and two together. What occurred to ya? Yeah, what? Pat and Mike, doing their usual crack investigation, couldn't figure out how the killer got in. Doors and windows locked, alarm system set. There was no way for anyone to get in and drop anchor, or in this case, mantle, on the deceased. Or was there? You're saying someone came down the fucking chimney? Are you daft, man? No one could do it out except- Wait a minute, I told you, Brick, it wasn't me. You're Santa, ain't you? That's your thing. This is absurd. My husband's no killer. He's a beloved figure. He is, isn't he? A beloved figure. He's beloved by children around the world, beloved by his workshop elves, his reindeer. He was even beloved by Harmony there a bunch of times. You jackass. About the only one he wasn't beloved by was you, missus. What? Are you joking? Not hardly. You said it yourself. You were out establishing an alibi for your whereabouts. You were helping your husband who, by his own admission, told me he couldn't do the chimney thing anymore because of a bad back. I think the big front had something to do with it, too. You need to lay off the sugar cookies, Nikki. The house was impregnable except for one way. Down the chimney. Since Nikki couldn't see what you were up to, I suppose you slipped down here, not to leave the hubby a lump of coal for his indiscretions, but probably looking for proof so you could slap him with divorce papers. Only you didn't count on Santa having his best scout elf up on the shelf, checking out everything you were doing. You couldn't have him spilling his guts to the big man, so you played Mickey Mantle with his head as the ball. You tip off the cops, disable the alarm, and unlock the door for when they showed, and then climb back up and acted like nothing happened. Then you come back with him later, so one of two things happens. Either he takes the fall, or the scandal and subsequent revelation that he was playing hide the North Pole with Harmony there, and you get what you wanted either way. No more living up here, it's warmer climbs for good, and with a nice little divorce settlement in your stocking. Sweetie? Don't call me Sweetie. You don't even know my first name, do you? I'm just another house elf you never bothered to name. After all I did for you, you can take your Merry Christmas and stuff it up your chimney. And as for you, Fistula... <gasps> She's got a gun! Here's what I think of you. Damn it. Lord the Nerf gun had come along. You're going up the frozen river, you are. Well, happy new year, honey. See you in 10 to 20. I'll get you for this fistula. Mark my words. Wait, so this means Nikki is innocent? He's a free man? Wanna thank me under the mistletoe? <laughs> You're as bent as a candy cane brick, but I owe you one. How can I ever repay you, Fistula? All in a day's work, Nikki. And it's, uh, 200 bucks a day. Uh, I don't have any cash on me. No pockets in the big red suit. Just remember me come next December 25th. I'll expect some top-shelf stuff in my stocking. And I don't mean the kind of shelf that falls on elves. Come on, Chester. Let's go get some nog. And this time, you're buying so the case was wrapped up and the killer was caught. Mrs. Claus's bad scheme had now come to naught. Brick went back to Rick's to down a few nogs. 
while Chester decided to switch over to Grog's. And here I am, Ginny, his faithful number two. They forget about me. I didn't know what to do. I called him on up and asked to join in. I always wished me and Brick could go for a spin. He said, sure, kid, come on down. We got holes to deck. But I'm gonna have to take it out of your check. And so ends the case of that shelf on the elf. A pretty damn good one, if I do say so myself. Deck the walls with boughs of holly. was The Elf on the Shelf, A Brick Fistula Mystery, written by John Busser. It was performed by Jackie Floyd as Ginny, Devin McSherry as Detective O'Flinahan, Adam Cowart as Detective O'Callapatrick, Rob Smith as Santa Claus, Dixie Dawson as Mrs. Claus, Brandon Dawson as Chester the Elf, Beth Goolsby as Harmony the Elf, and myself as Brick Fistula. With me, Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. Grand Canyon University makes earning your degree possible with over 130 academic programs for traditional campus students with more than 80 bachelor's programs offered online. GCU provides you with the personal support you need from complimentary unofficial transcript evaluations within 24 business hours to scholarships, academic support, and your GCU graduation team led by your own university counselor. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Now is the writer of the story you just heard. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Ohio-based playwright, John Busser. John, you got a lot of nerve showing your face around here again. <laughs> yeah, that's what everybody says. <laughs> <laughs> all right, welcome back. How you been? Oh, all right. Thank you very much for having me back. This is uh, quite a coup for me, I think. Most people, you know, they hear it once and it's like, all right, we know to change the locks, but... <laughs> No, not not with this. Uh, last time you were here was episode 32 with your dark comedy, A Wicked Slice. Now you're back with this Christmas noir crime story called The Shelf on the Elf, which is a fun play on words for the whole elf on the shelf thing. And in your story, you have a sh- an elf who actually gets killed by a shelf. So as the writer, could you give us some insight on your process of writing and how you came up with this fun idea? Yeah. Um, 
funny enough, I had that that title came to me quite a while ago, a couple of years ago, in fact. And uh, I just never did anything with it because I realized I didn't know what the whole elf on the shelf thing was about. And, and as many people as I know that have kids, uh, I'd want to borrow their copy of it. And nobody had it. So then I finally did get a hold of a copy so that I could read what it was about. And uh, so there are a few little details in there, but it was mostly because I had that the the title for it. And I always liked uh, film noir. I'm a big fan of that. And so I wanted to do it as a, as a mystery. And I thought a, a 40 style mystery would be fun. And the, uh, the main uh, uh, character in there, Brick Fistula, who's our detective character, um, I just wanted to give him uh, an extremely manly name uh, to go with this silly play. And uh, the other thing is, is there are times when, when I did come up with the idea to write the play, this happened to be, because uh, uh, I wrote it in 2020, this happened to be when COVID hit. and the last time I was on, I, I was talking to you about The Dark Room, which is a writer's workshop that I help uh, to run. And most of the time, The Dark Room, we host it live uh, in a space and we, we have writers bring scripts in. Well, now with COVID, we had to take uh, uh, Dark Room and put it online. And so we were doing it Zoom-based. But that sort of opened us up because now we could accept plays from playwrights that weren't uh, based in Cleveland. And there were a few playwrights that I met on like New Play Exchange and various other places that I told them about this. And we actually had some playwrights send us plays in and we got a few actors out of it, including one that I believe you used for this piece. Um, and having, having, uh, dealt with Jackie Floyd over zoom, I actually wrote this part for her, the part of the secretary, and she just knocked it out of the park. I was so happy with what she did. And so when you told me you were going to be doing this, uh, I had to throw her name in the ring, especially since she is a voiceover artist. Yeah. And, and when you told me that I reached out to her. And I, I threw in your recommendation. <laughs> you know, I told her, you know, that, that John said that uh, you've already done this before. So is there any chance that you would like to revisit this character? And then, man, l less than like three days later, she had me <laughs> all the audio files. I hadn't even recorded anyone else yet. And she she just already had her part done. And I was like, oh, my gosh, that was so quick. And she's like, yeah, I was just in my Volca booth. Got it done. I was like, all right, cool. Uh, but, yeah, she's a she's a treasure. She's great. Cool. Uh, so this was originally written as a stage play. And uh, like you said, you did have your reading of it. Um, and when I was reading the script, I noticed there's some fun visual things that, that when I was reading, I knew I wouldn't be able to do in an audio version. And I just want to bring those up here. Otherwise, people would never know what I'm talking about unless they read the script. Uh, so when Brick first shows up, you wrote in that the lighting should be these Venetian blind shadows just across him. And I just thought that was a fun touch because anyone who knows the old film noir movies knows that that is a 
the, the Venetian blind shadows across character faces is a defining characteristic of those film noir movies. And I just thought that was just such a nice creative touch that Brick, as he walks around the stage, these Venetian blind lighting, this this type of lighting just follows him around. So yeah, it was just such a, a, a fun thing to do. I would love to see that incorporated on stage. Again, that's not something I could do in an right. audio version. Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad you you like that touch though because I I I was I thought to myself, yeah, that that's not something that would translate in an audio play, but then it it really doesn't have to. It's sort of like a just an added thing for the people that are watching it. But I I, I just think that so many of these characters would probably sound great in an audio play. The the Irish cops and the uh, the elves themselves and uh, Santa and miss it. There, there's so many uh, to me, interesting vocal types there. Uh, the other visual thing that's in the script is you wrote a production note in for the elf characters, uh, Chester and harmony, uh, which you suggested if, if the theater producing the play wanted these characters to look smaller than the human characters, you suggested they could be puppets or they could be live actors and just, you know, you see their heads, but maybe the rest of their bodies are hidden behind a part of the set. So it looks like these, you know, smaller characters with abnormally large heads. And I, I just, I really kind of like it when writers write in suggestions to their script uh, for, for staging that might be difficult. Uh, so when you're writing scripts like this do you find yourself doing that often not necessarily making requirements but just kind of giving suggestions on how something could be done depending on the theater stage and space and all that i i do and i think because i i do theater myself um and so i i get to see a lot of how the sausage is made basically um i like to at least add it in as a suggestion. But I realize that a lot of theaters, you know, they may have another idea um, based on their limitations or budget. And so these are just there as a suggestion, but not a, a hard rule. Like you have to do it this way. Uh, and be, and to be honest, I know there are theaters out there that may look at a suggestion I make and think I got a way better way to do that. And I've seen that happen. There was a, a, a short play that I'd written, um, The People versus Vic Frankenstein. And this theater was going to do it. And I thought, this is interesting because it has to start with the villagers breaking into Frankenstein's lab and knocking down the door. And I thought, how are they going to do that on a set for a 10-minute play that you know is is going to require everybody to bring stuff on, carry stuff off, all that. And I didn't have to worry because the way the theater did it was with a sound effect. And then the three villagers come running in with the door and fall down on top of it as if they've broken it in and carried it through the castle with them. And I thought that was brilliant. I would never have thought of that. So uh, the fact that some theaters um, may have limitations but they come up with very creative ways to get around those sorts of things. So what's new with you? What, what do you have creative going on? And do you have any productions coming up that people can see? Um, right now, um, I am 
writing a uh, a couple of things, a series of I, I've ventured into uh, something I'd never tried before. Ventured into two things I've never tried before. One is uh, I'm writing a series of political plays, short plays that I want to put together in a collection um, that are kind of poking fun at both the the right and the left. Um, but I want to put them together as a collection. And most of them are framed through the eyes of 50 science fiction movies, which is another love of mine. And uh, <clears throat> the first one I wrote was uh, uh, It Came From Beneath the Far Right. And it's about as absurd as it sounds. Um, the other ones... Um, I'm still working things out title wise, so I don't really have the other titles, but I've got an idea for about six of them. The other thing that, uh, I'm working on is something I've never tried before. Um, and it's a little too soon to go into any details on it, but, uh, I'm actually dipping my toes into writing a musical. Oh boy. And I have no idea what I'm doing, but I have what I think is a great idea for a musical. And, um, I'm looking for a collaborator for, uh, doing the music part of it. Um, but again, it's, it's a little too early to, to go into details yet. Uh, I'm uh, curious about one thing when you, cause I've thought about doing that too, kind of playing with a musical idea. I mean, I, I have a little music knowledge. I do play guitar and all that. Um, but how are you going about, are you just thinking of lyrics right now? Or are you actually thinking of medleys in your head? And, and so if you get with a composer, would you tell them what you have in mind? Or would you just say, you know, do your thing and let me see if I can make my lyrics work with it. I, I think because um, the songs, like I, I came up with a list of uh, uh, about 22 songs. Um, and I've got them titled out and a few of them I've been playing around with writing lyrics for because the, the titles lend themselves to um, very specific imagery. And again, I've never done this before, but I thought I'll try writing these lyrics and then see what a, uh, a musician, how they would put a, a melody to them um, so rather than they write a melody and play it for me. And I try to make my lyrics work. I want to see if I can do it the other way. I don't know if that's the best way to do it, but that's what I'm trying. <laughs> Whether I'll succeed or not, I don't know, but this is like a, a big step to me because so far I have never written a full length play. I have only written short pieces. So to, to tackle a musical might be foolish, but I recently saw a musical that just knocked me off my feet. And um, it was done by a very little theater. They they were doing a musical of The Last Starfighter. Oh, wow. And I thought, how do you make a musical out of that? And I'll be damned if they didn't pull it off. And it was so much fun. I had a great time watching it. And it just inspired me. Great. So I I really hope that you uh, get this musical <laughs> done. I, so uh, do I. I'm I'm I've been trying every day to write something, even if it's just a few lyrics 
or or start in on the plot or whatever, but I'm I'm trying to keep it so that I'm writing something every day on it. All right. Cool, cool, cool. All right. So remind everyone your website and if you're active on social media so we can kind of follow you and and get the updates on this musical you're writing. Um right now my work is available on uh, New Play Exchange. Um I am I'm pretty much just on Facebook and uh Instagram. I don't have a website yet so I'm really l- behind on that. I should have had one by now. Um but uh I am also a graphic artist, and I have examples of my artwork uh, on Behance at the moment. Um, but once I do put together a, a website, I'll probably move everything onto there so that it's kind of a one-stop shop. But uh, right now, New Play Exchange is the best place to see uh, my writing. All right, cool. I will make sure to put a link to that in the show notes, your new play exchange, as well as your Behance with all your uh, your graphic design. Uh, but thanks for coming back. I uh, really hope you have a great holiday and a happy new year. And I can't wait to have you back on. Keep creating, oh, keep writing. Thank you very much for having me on. This is a great early Christmas present, and I'm looking forward to hearing what you do with it. Thank you all for listening. And I really hope that you all have a wonderful holiday season and a happy new year. And if you are associated with a theater and you would like to produce the play you heard today on your stage, send an email to gatheredbythegostlight at gmail.com or contact the playwright directly at johnbusser at hotmail.com. This program is supported in part by the Greater Augusta Arts Council through a grant from its partner agency, the National Endowment for the Arts. Intro and outro music, as always, is provided by artist JK47 with featured music by Lindsay Ryan. And if you enjoy this podcast, maybe you're a longtime listener, or maybe this is the first episode you've ever heard, just let us know. Please leave us a rating or a review on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. I hope you all have a Merry Christmas, and make sure you're following Gather by the Ghost Light on social media so you can be up to date on when the new episodes release after the new year. I'm Jonathan Cook, and as always, stay safe, and I'll see you next time we Gather by the Ghost Light. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, 
Click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.